This episode was previously part of Verwondering, the leading design podcast of the Netherlands. This show was the predecessor to Memorable Design. If you're the loudest person in the room at that moment in time about a specific initiative, you're doing yeah, the initiative exactly, no yeah. matter what. You care the most. You care the most. Yeah. And so it, it normally works itself out yeah, after exactly. the conversation or, or constructive conversation that we have uh, about that, uh, that particular issue or challenge. Yeah. When it comes to making meaningful, lasting work, collaboration is key. That's why I'm proud to share that this episode came together in partnership with the friendly folks at What Design Can Do. For over a decade, this resilient group has empowered the global creative community. I'm a longtime fan of their conferences and who they invite on stage. They don't hold lame talks, but host actual conversations on what we can do. I vividly remember seeing Michael Beirut of Pentagram on stage at one of their first conferences and thinking to myself, Damn, I need to take notes. If you want to feel that type of inspiration, you can check out the What Design Can Do hubs around the world. From Amsterdam, Sao Paulo and Nairobi to Tokyo, Delhi and Mexico City. Or join them online now. This is season one of Memberful Design. A show about fire starters, sparking initiatives that have a lasting impact. It was formerly known as Verwondering, an award-winning Dutch design podcast. Now we're bringing it to the international stage in English. Discover what it takes to let your plan succeed and create meaningful connections. The power of the collective requires the commitment of the individual. In every episode, Harold Dunning, founder of design studio Momkai and co-founder of journalism platform The Correspondent, talks to other designers, creative directors, artists and entrepreneurs about the impact of their work. We want to hear from you too. You can visit memberful.design to share your thoughts and check out the show's gallery. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to Memorable Design on your favorite podcast platform. And sign up for our newsletter at memorable.design. Creative work has a way of creating adventures. One of my journeys got me living in New York. Through a miracle one year, I got an apartment near Union Square. Each day, I would walk just a few blocks to our cramped little office in the middle of Manhattan, close to the iconic Flatiron building. And each day, I would pass one building that was even more iconic to me. It wasn't so much the limestone facade from 1912 that drew my attention, though it was lovely with pointed arches in the Gothic Revival style. It was the nine impressive bronze ladders above an unassuming doorway at number 50 that grabbed my eye. Together, they spelled pentagram. For many in the creative world, this name stands for Creative Excellence. They're seen as the largest independent design firm in the world, with offices in New York, London, Austin and Berlin. Originators of the multidisciplinary design culture. Name any big brand of the last half century and they worked for it. And to do so, Pentagram found a structure that allowed them to keep its industry superstars, to make them partners. At this moment, there are 23 of them, they all create, they all have an equal profit and loss structure, and if a partner is not doing so well, it's equated. That's why my guest refers to it as a dysfunctional but wonderful family. Today, I'm proud to welcome one of those family members into our midst. None other than Eddie Opaga, partner at Pentagram, an Englishman in New York, a designer that codes, a valued member of the AGI, and a senior critic at Yale, who inspires team members to go crazy and talented students to not be afraid, and who, at 50, is exactly the same age as Pentagram itself. Eddie studied graphic design at the London College of Printing. Yes, in those days there was still school for print, though it's now called the College of Communication. And when he discovered Yale University had a design course, he applied over the phone. In 2005, he established his own studio in New York, the MAP office. When legendary designer Paula Scheer asked him to join the Pentagram gang, he couldn't resist and became a partner in 2010. That lunch with her was probably the best chicken schnitzel he ever had. 
Since then, he worked on the interface of the Samsung Galaxy series, designed the wayfinding of Nike's world headquarters, published a book called Colorworks, helped the world champions of the US women's football team, they call it soccer, to launch their own brand, Re-Ink, and got together with Kirby Jean Raymond to get his narratively rich designs the identity it deserves, the lovely yellow-dipped pure moss. Today, we'll talk about what it means to bond together, work together, and achieve lasting goals. How can we all be equal without being the mirror image of the person standing next to us? Where do we belong while changing the status quo? Eddie, welcome to the studio of Monkai. Thank you for having me. What does design mean to you? It's a really great question. Um, I was asked um, late last year by Sir John Sorrell, um, of the Design Festival of London, Design mm -hmm. Festival, um, to describe design. And um, I've always said, well, you know, in general, people say, or designers say, design is about solving problems. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a problem with that. Yeah. I've always scratched my head and said, Really? Is is that the case? I mean, like, okay, you take a, you take the table, the table was designed, I don't know, centuries ago. Um, why do we keep redesigning it if we've solved the problem? Why do we keep redesigning chairs yeah. if we've solved the problem? Why do, you know, and so it, it you know, I, I've always thought of it as uh, a little differently, and uh, my definition is that. Um, design is to ascertain a desirable outcome um, through um, um, specific constraints, right? Freeing itself from specific constraints, but th uh, through the ideas of rational thinking, through uh, creative thought process and uh, achievement and also appraisal to create a progressive and transformative outcome. Yeah. So I think that's very, very long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you wanted to shorten it, it is all about the idea of creating something that is progressive and transformative. Yeah, very much so. I think, and your your father had a way of saying it way shorter. Yeah. Uh, I, w I was sad to l learn that your father recently passed away, um, and of the on the eve of your departure to the U.S., your your father told you design is spiritual. It's a it's a way of life. Yeah. He, what do you think he mean he meant by that? Yeah, that was a that was a really interesting um, one way conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, me listening to my father. You were 23, um, I think? I was about yeah. 22, 23. Yeah. Uh, I'd never been to the US before. Um, he, just to give you a bit of uh, context, he um, he worked in the advertising uh, business for a very, very, very small time uh, in the 60s, 70s. And, um, with Saatchi and Saatchi. Yeah, yeah, he knew the Saatchi yeah. brothers, yeah. which was really, yeah. really uh, crazy. Yeah. And... Um, he um, he wanted me to understand. It, it took twenty six years for me to un, unravel this. Um, the design is spiritual. Uh, it's a way of life. I would say it to people, and they would be inspired. Yeah. But then, for me, even like, what does it really mean? How did I? How do I sort of break that down? Um, and only of late. Am I understanding this a lot better because of the uh, because of my definition of what design is from a progressive and transformative um, manner or outcome, where um, you know you take the idea of spirituality and a lot of people just directly go to religion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even though my my father, my mother, very pious. Yeah. Um, personalities, um, Roman Catholics, um, but very liberal um, family um, growing up. Um, it's not that. Um, we're in a moment and time where we're reconsidering, rethinking who we are as humans mm -hmm. because of the 
a massing of challenges that we have with uh, with with society, with our planet, mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, the aspects of our politics, the aspects of what is true. And so if you take the term spiritual and you look at it from a, a de- from a in a defining po- point, you see it's not about oneself. Mm-hmm. It is the idea of, be, of transcending oneself, elevating uh, what you know um, of, of an idea, of an experience, you know, of your imagination, mm-hmm. and um, up, being uplifting and relaying that in a binding force that binds us together, right? Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that very similar to design, mm-hmm. right? And thus, yes, they are. They are combined. And, uh, and we need to um, be, we need to prophesize this. Uh, we don't, as designers, we don't do that. We, 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 um, we like to take a back seat mm-hmm. as, as such. Um, that let design be what it is in a functional that it way. For that it speaks for or, itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but we're missing out on a lot of communities that really need to understand what design can yeah. do and how it can uh, change their lives yeah. uh, immensely. And, you know, you could take the African-American community as one um, from a social, uh, economical aspect, from aspects of poverty, yes, mm-hmm. um, prejudice, um, you know, being pushed down. And why can't design be that sort of binding spiritual uh, element, be that sort of binding force that elevates and lifts up yeah. um, more so? And how, how do you render yourself into a project? Of course, it depends upon the, the, the project and, and more and more um, uh, projects that have come my way. Uh, you're looking at the aspects of diversity mm-hmm. um, and inclusivity. That's for everybody. Right? Yeah. Uh, but also the elements of social justice. Yeah. And thus it becomes, it's becoming a lot uh, easier to um, relay um a clearer understanding of uh, of what of how design can actually work, and you can also um, see it um, <clears throat> um, at 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 play. Really yeah, can. so so maybe to to make it more visual for people, you yeah. are doing a, a project with uh, Ben Cohen, one of the yeah, the co-founder of Ben and Jerry's. That's correct. Um, uh, yeah, so right wrongs. Can you can you explain what you're you're working on yeah. with him? So um, Ben Cohen um, emailed me. Um, I, at first, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> that that the bad, it <laughs> better Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I realized uh, I had a really wonderful conversation with him because he's quite an activist, right? Like, he and is. Also the he company. is seen as an activist, yeah. but uh, you know, at the end of this particular project, uh, at this moment in time, yeah. this juncture. He's actually more, and he'll be like taken aback by what I'm going to say. He's very much a, a design spiritualist. Um, oh, wow. Um, How so? It's because, and I'll explain the project first, um, he's, he's trying to, uh, he's created a uh, 100% organic um, cannabis product yeah. um, that... Uh, Ben's enables best. Be, called Ben's best yeah. or Ben's best buds yeah. that uh, enables um, um, African American franchises to use, and also 100% of the profits go to um, help the deincarceration mm-hmm. of African Americans in prison in the United States. Now, you could say that is um, a very altruistic. Um, aspect, you know, and see it from the point of view of, yes, very charitable. Um, but there's more to it than that. And asking me as a uh, as a designer, also black designer, yeah. was, um, was very telling. He said, I want a black designer to work on this project. 
But it's not only that. I would like to have um, black design, uh, black uh, 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 aides to work in other mm-hmm. areas of this project as well, mm-hmm. if I can find them. Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know any black designers. So he he called a good friend of his, Stefan mm-hmm. Sackmeister. You know oh, yeah, him? okay, yeah. And course. Stefan said, yeah, I know. Famous graphic who, designer. I know yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eddie, Eddie Opar, you can talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, this is, this is going to be great. You know, let, let me, you know, put a quick proposal together mm-hmm. um, and start working. And the, the, the inter- interesting thing was when we started to work, and this is myself and my team, um, he was sort of taken aback um, because we were looking at it from a, you know, design infrastructure point yeah. of view. Like a framework, yeah, yeah, sense yeah. Of identity. a system, a or, system, yeah, yeah. right? And um, he was like, "Okay, I get this." And then he, he, one day he he had my number and he texted me and said, "I need to talk to you." And said, "Eddie, I I just don't think that you are part of this, even though you're working on this job. Where do you come into this yourself? Yourself." Yeah. And he, as he, as you. You know, he wants to elevate and project out the possibilities of um, black uh, creativity mm-hmm. and also um, uh, the aspects of business mm-hmm. as well to sell this particular project um, product. And I said to myself, I'm not really sure. I'm not fully sure what you mean. He's like, you know, um, I, I, you know, Who's doing the graphics? I'm like, why? We are. I'm like, what do you mean we are? It's like, well, me and my designers. I'm like, oh, but what about you? You, you, you. It's like, I can't do the whole thing. I mean, I've got other things to deal with. And uh, he said, oh, you know, that's, uh, that's too bad. And so I thought about it uh, whilst having a conversation with him. I said, okay, I think I know what you want. And he wanted me to... Um, generate the, you could say, the artwork yeah. um, personally. And that night, uh, I started to work on it. And it, and it, 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 really, it, it really was um, me talking to myself, mumbling up to the point of 7 o'clock, <laughs> saying, I don't know, I, I'm a, I can't do this. Yeah. And, um, and so... At the end, I think I went back to it in the morning and had a clearer understanding of what I needed to do and needed to achieve. And it, it, I created one of the artworks that is utilized for the main product. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a, a piece for myself, which is... Um, a, a profile of a, a young uh, male. I do a lot of collage work. Mm-hmm. I, um, um, and, and sometimes it's quite personal. Um, that is, um, that's utilizing flowers. And these symbols of flowers were all about sorrow, forgiveness, mm-hmm. sense of truth. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the other issue about this particular piece, this particular side profile of this African-American male, you can tell it's an African-American male, is that he's wearing an orange T-shirt or orange jumpsuit. Oh, so yeah. it's synonymous to imprisonment. In the, in the U.S., they wear uh, orange shirts. That's correct. Too. And so that sense of of utilizing something with which is aesthetically beautiful, yeah, uh, but then also using these underlying elements to project... Uh, was important. And then we also had the idea of uh, having other African-American um, artists um, work on this particular project, mm-hmm. do similar art pieces. So Dana Robinson um, is an artist um, and uh, illustrator uh, created a piece. And what she does is that she takes commercial Uh, old commercials, uh, printed pieces Mm -hmm. that have um, placed African-Americans into those like for cigarettes or Mm -hmm. for for alcohol uh, in these sort of stances where you would actually see a a potential white person in that. And she sort of strips 
she strips the trace any trace of commerciality mm-hmm. and in uh, and um, uh, this skewing mm-hmm. of the idea that uh, a, a, a black person actually exists within this particular environment yeah all the way back into a very more artistic sense so that you get a more truthful uh, agency to from yeah. it and you, you know um, it, it's a it's, it's a lovely piece on top of that is typography yeah and the typography is um, is all from um, Trey seals who uh, runs vocal types, very yep. young type designer in, in the US, um, wonderful type designer. And uh, his typefaces are um, connected to protest signs mm-hmm. from, um, from, you know, 1960s, 1970s. Um, that's that vibe a bit when yeah, you see Af- it. Af- Af- African yeah. American and also also Eva Peron and yeah. and so there's there's a sense of a statement that you're trying to make. Yeah. There's a, a defining sort of point of view. So when you start to see the piece um, with the messages from Angela Davis from an activist point of yeah. view and also Nelson Mandela and yeah. also uh, also Ben. Yeah. You there's a there's a there's a there's a cause to be um, elevated, to yeah. be lifted up, and that's that's an exciting experience. Yeah. Just on a tin for cannabis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful if you can mix it like that. Yeah. Uh, we will also put um, the examples that you mentioned into uh, the gallery that people can find it online uh, and also um, see what you actually designed with with uh, with the team. And I think. Um, yeah, maybe a lot of people don't know that that in 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 the US you have uh, a, a black person is four times as likely to be incarcerated for for that's cannabis uh, than a white person. Where the usage is exactly the same. The usage is yeah. exactly the same, and that's what Ben is basically talking about. You know, uh, in New York, um, in the 1970s, they had what was called the it was started in the 1970s. It was called the Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. Um, Laws, narcotics laws, mm-hmm. and um, these were covering uh, different classes of narcotics and the possession of them. Mm-hmm. You can get for between fifteen years in prison and twenty-five years in yeah. prison. Those laws uh, have been uh, slowly appealed over the course of time, mm-hmm. um, but as you can tell, the majority, large, 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 ninety percent of the majority were. Uh, uh, black and brown um, um, uh, men mm-hmm. um, uh, from African American and Hispanic, ninety mm-hmm. percent, yeah. and some of them are still in prison today. Yeah. And New York is about to change its laws on on cannabis. Like New Jersey has Finally, already. Yeah. Um, so things are changing, but uh, will they um, let these men go free? Yeah. Yeah, I, I vividly remember a work from you, I think before you joined Pentagram, where you had a, a sort of wallpaper of like triangles, uh, um, uh, yeah, inspired by stealth bombers, mm-hmm. in which you also try to explain the yeah, how, how it is to be invisible or to not be noticed. Yeah, it's, um, if you've read Ralph Ellison, Invisible Man, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a you could say one a master American masterpiece. It's not just an African American mm-hmm. masterpiece; it's an American masterpiece. He talks about um, the invisibility of of being black mm-hmm. and the prejudice, um, the um, aspects, the actions that occur from that prejudice yeah. cause a lot of pain and sorrow um, is very apparent. And so what I wanted to do was to create, um, a, a, a take two parallels. One, the stealth bomber, which is invisible mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and is also uh, undesigned. Um, it's just an air engineering feat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take the message of Ralph Ellison mm-hmm. and place it into a new context, 
a, a, um, a poster that is of the form of a stealth bomber, but then utilizing um, a sense of um, of of um, moye patterning that occurs for you not to see the text uh, up front, but mm-hmm. when you move away, you you actually see it. So yeah. there's this ambiguity, contradiction. Um, clarity, confusion, yeah. and that's who yeah. I am. The aspects of understanding one's identity is really, really important to myself. I've been trying to figure this out for many, many years. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's um, it's. I'm very intrigued. There's indeed also sort of beauty to a style bomber. So for people that know, it's like sort of triangle f- uh, airplane. Yeah, it's very and like from the Iraq very, War. Very, and very acute. Yeah. Um, form very bizarre form. And yeah. it has. If you read about it, it has no mm. aspects of design. It's all about engineering um, to get the most function out of it. Yeah. Um, so it strips itself away uh, to get to gain that. And if you sort of look at it from the point of view of the the message I'm stating, you want to actually um, provide that back, that the sense of design, because yeah. of the aspects of identity. You want to be relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's this it's this ambiguity that occurs. Yeah. And your parents are from Nigeria. They they moved to London. That's where you grew up. Yeah. And I, then you moved to the U.S. I think when you joined, when you well, yeah started studying at yeah, Yale. Yeah. They they met in London. They married. I have three kids. I'm the youngest. Uh, I was born in '72. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But your father actually, when you were five, went back to Nigeria to work there. So can you explain us a bit how, how that yeah, yeah. migration influenced you? If you know of African history, 69 was the end of the Biafra War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Igbo. Um, and um, there was, in the 70s, even in the oil crisis, you know, Nigeria is very flush with oil, but still a uh, developing country, um, there was opportunity to go back even mm-hmm. in that crisis um, due to the fact that having an educated black male in Britain at the time to find a good job was difficult. Mm-hmm. And so opportunity knocked elsewhere. And so my father left. Um, he wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Multiple I hear stories all the time that mm-hmm. they, you know, and so when you talk about immigration, um, <laughs> you know, migrating from one place to another, it's not always the aspects that um, you're going to find opportunity in this country, mm-hmm. in the country of you know that you're, you're chosen, but you may have to go back to a, the country that you came from to actually, you know, yeah, um, to feed your your family, and that's what he did. Um, and he came back because his youngest child was not doing so well. That's you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other two are doing extremely yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and the youngest is mucking about. So, you were searching, you were like... Yeah, you know, <laughs> I wasn't doing so good at school. And yeah. um, he needed, I, I believe he really needed to put me straight. But it's also, he had failing health as well mm. at the time. Um, and I was 18, 19. Yeah. And so, um, he, he put me straight Mm -hmm. and he, he also had stated to me and to others, um, you know, what you want to do Mm -hmm. with your life and you kind of say what you want to do and from an immigrant family, it's normally, and especially Nigerian, lawyer, doctor, engineer. <laughs> he put it slightly differently. He always said, "What's the what's the difference between a doctor and a carpenter?" Yeah, Eddie. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and he would say, "Nothing. They're really good jobs, both of them. One is uh, they both deal with their hands." Yeah. Um, you, as a carpenter or a master, master carpenter, and this is a fact, you can yeah. get, make as much money as yeah. a doctor. Yeah. Right? Um, it's just one is on a professional yeah. point of view from a university, and the other one's apprenticeship. 
and there's no difference, mm -hmm. no difference whatsoever. And so find what you want to do, center yourself, find what you want to do. And I did. Yeah. And it was good that because he was in advertising for a while that he knew what graphic design was. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really know what it was. <laughs> um, and he knew the school. He knew the London College of Printing. Yeah. Said, I know that school. That's a good school. Really good. You, you should go there. Um, and um, yeah. That's yeah. so empowering, right? Like to, to, to have that belief. To have a parent yeah. that knows yeah. this is, you know, in, in, the, in the 90s, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. me, was, was, you know, it was excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The author, uh, Colin Grant, who wrote uh, the book on uh, Marcus uh, Garvey, was himself a child of Jamaican immigrants. And in the 70s, his father used to counsel, don't get too comfortable here. We're, we're only passing through. Like, how was it in your family? Yeah, very much so. Um, I did not know that I was going to migrate to the United States. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be there for two years for grad school. Um, and my father, I think he had it in him that I was, I was gone. Yeah. I was, I, I'd left. Yeah. And for me, I, I really hadn't. And, and um, I, the first year I was very sort of homesick. And he said... Oh, so you're gonna stick it out. You're gonna you're gonna keep going. Yeah. You, you you find your path. Yeah. Right. You go and do your thing. Yeah. Um, uh, like he did. Yeah. Like my mother did. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. 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 And is that something you pass on, like uh, not not only to your own children but maybe to your designers and your team? I, I I do. I mean, I travel um, a lot, and whenever I have to deal with portfolios uh, for designers, I always state, that's the first thing I always state, is like, how much have you traveled in your life? And normally it's, they haven't really traveled at all. Oh, um, is it? They're very young and... Well, what um, age are we talking about? We're talking eight, you know, 19, 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I basically say to see design is not to just peer into the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to stretch your wings yeah. and travel, go to other countries, invite yourself into studios. Yeah, spaces. enjoy the lunch. Yeah, yeah enjoy the lunches, <laughs> yeah. have conversations. Yeah. And I feel as though that part of that is missing now because there's this insular element of like staying at home. But hey, go to that person's home. Yeah. <laughs> That's his studio. This... His or her studio now. Yeah. Um, Partly, there was also, of course, it always saddens me the the, the pandemic, where, mm -hmm. where where in the moment you you flower, then you have to be at home, and you see. I don't know if you see that the same within your teams, but I, I have, have people from all corners of the world, and you really have to inspire the really young to yeah. go out and just talk. And, exactly. And at lunch, don't be on your phone. We're here. This, this is, is it. This is, <laughs> this this is, is now. It. Yeah, yeah. This, this is it. And yeah. and so I think we're getting to the point where. I, I will be inviting my design team or whomever to my house yeah. for lunch, for tea, yeah. for, you know, to yeah. get. And I would like to go to their houses too. Yeah. I, I feel as though we need to have more of this uh, understanding of, uh, of our lives. Yeah. Um, Where's your home? I live north of. New York City in Hastings on Hudson in Westchester, oh, oh, right nice. along yeah. the Hudson River. Oh, nice! Very, very nice, very beautiful, beautiful area. area. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would always uh, go with my bicycle uh, up, oh, up yeah. north, all, all the way to Poughkeepsie. Oh wow! Yeah, it's That's really, really good. Uh, yeah, really, I really love that area. All forest area, oh, really, and rolling really hills. Green and, yeah, yeah. Is there also part of you that now feels American? Oh, I have American citizenship. Yeah. Um, I think the feeling of American really just comes through my two boys. Ah, oh, of course. Um, Jacob and Yona. And um, I think that's it. I, you know, I, I don't live precariously through my children yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, they're too young. But... I observe, and so does my wife, who is German. Yeah. Uh, we observe their education and their friends. Yeah. 
And sometimes we're just scratching our heads yeah. because we don't know, we've never gone through this. Yeah. It's a very different yeah. process. And also culturally, how they speak to us. Yeah. So for instance, I try to hold on to um, my English accent as, as much as I can. Yeah. And I noticed my, <laughs> my sons will say, I want some tomato. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's not tomato. <laughs> it's tomato. Yeah. And you're in my house. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, just little things to yeah. get them, you know, riled mm. up. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I, why do I hold on to my uh, English culture, British culture, and also Nigerian too, is because, um, it's not just that it makes me distinct. Mm -hmm. It's what I know. It's what's ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. And um, that may be the only sort of conservative that I have. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. I have in me. It, yeah. yeah. And, and from, from your own family, you, you also uh, joined that uh, wonderful uh, dysfunctional family. Last month, one of the co-founders of Pentagram, uh, Mr. Uh, Colin Forbes, passed away at, uh, at 95. Um, and... Uh, for the people that don't know him, one of his most well-known works might have been the logo for Nissan. I think Nissan. Ev ev everyone Nissan. knows Nissan. Yeah, and also the DNA D. Yeah, the DNA D, indeed. Yeah, yeah the yeah. which used to be like the the, the yeah the, the British design and art mm -hmm. art direction uh, organization, um, and they cut off the British at some <laughs> point, and they <laughs> made it they yeah. made it DNA D. Yeah, um, and he was the the principal uh, ar architect of what uh, yeah the five founders came up with a structure. Um, and the New York Times uh, said of him that this most enduring work may have been essentially designing a design organization. Yeah. He, he is the designer's designer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he started the company the year you were born. How how uh, did his work influence you? Yeah, so I always call myself the pentagram baby. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's a black baby. Hey, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, right? um, that's the only word. I use that's very American. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Indeed. And um, the way that Colin devised uh, the pentagram mechanism, business mechanism, and also culture was really impressive. Mm -hmm. You could say it's a little bit like, um, you know, law firms, uh, yeah. how they're sort of set up. Um, and as you had said earlier, we are independent, collaborative partners that share everything, mm -hmm. uh, including profit and loss. Yeah. And um, but we 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 have our own studios within one sort of structure. Now, how do you make decisions? Well, we all have to agree. Yeah. Right? Um, that's, and, and thus, that's a lot of work. But you try to leave the ego at the door, mm -hmm. right? Everybody has an ego, yes. Mm -hmm. But um, the prescription for a pentagram partner really is that, and we have this term that the partner should not have a black cape, that mm -hmm. should not be seen as maestro. Oh, like that. Uh, yes. that's, uh, yeah. um, it's me, me, me. Yeah. It cannot, it will never work. Yeah. Um, and that is an important factor to why it's worked fairly, very well over 50 years. Yeah, because I, I found an essay uh, from him from 1992 that was uh, yeah, the, the 20th birthday yeah. of... Um, of Pendagram, uh, and he, he wrote about that uh, structure, I think, in uh, Communication Art. Yes, um, Pendagram's constitution is based on the equality of its partners. Although we are incorporated, we use the term partners because that conveys the spirit of the relationship. Our aspiration is to be the thinking designers. W what would be your definition of that thinking designer? Yeah, so I've, I've always said that um, Pentagram doesn't have a a um a philosophy yeah um 
not all agree, right, within no, Pentagram? No, right. <laughs> I mean, when from a point of view of design philosophy, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and I, that's what makes it uh, very enriching, mm -hmm. um, very eclectic in its, in its uh, um, desirable outcomes. Mm -hmm. right? um, that it's also collegiate in its, mm -hmm. in, in, in its manner. So, What does it mean? Well, in a, in a sense that um, we're all together, we're having um, constant uh, dialogue. Yeah. Um, and Because um, there must be friction, right? Oh, like yeah, very, 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 views, very yeah. much so. Um, that, that everybody's a sort of, uh, you know, has a particular say. Yeah. Um, you appraisal. Um, criticism um, and it's also camaraderie coming together mm -hmm. um, and thus it's also quite academic mm -hmm. that and to Colin's point um, your thought process changes mm -hmm. based on this right um, um, on 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 a you know theoretical or practical scale you learn from each other because you have to explain because you have to get common ground you have to correct. have the conversation correct right um, and <clears throat> that and also you are become even more competitive yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, also, because it, there's a bottom line, right. and, um, I, and, and as a bed of structure, uh, apparently, Mister uh, Forbes, uh, um, his first point was a partner must be able to generate business. How do you do that? We have a system. Um, it, it works in two ways, where a partner needs to be, and Colin has written about this, has to be known. Yeah. And it's been known entity within design be, to become a, a, a partner. It helps a lot. And, and thus, often a small you, office, I, I understood. A small by office, yeah, but yeah. then it also equates you because you're all well-known. Yeah. If you're not well-known, then there's oh, a sense like of hierarchy yeah, there, yeah. right? Um, uh, or superiority that may creep in at some yeah, occasions. And so... Um, there's there's that, and so from that prominence, or, or, <clears throat> um, you can garner work because of that prominence, mm -hmm. um, and it may go to you directly. Yeah. The other is that we have a mechanism called the center, mm -hmm. uh, or more so, depending on the office, um, you get central um, inquiries um, to this particular center that... I'll use an example where a potential client will call Pentagram, yeah, yeah. Um, state why they've called, what the project is. But then we would also say, well, what, what projects have you seen of, of Pentagram that has brought you here? And then they will cite those. Mm -hmm. What will occur is that, okay, Eddie. Yeah, you like this designer or, or that team. Paula yeah. or Michael. And sometimes they, they you know, they may be two or three, um, you know, partners that they like. And what will occur then is, well, you know, maybe Paula needs that work or Eddie needs that work or mm -hmm. he's not busy. Mm -hmm. Let him look at that particular inquiry and then we'll take it on from there. Well, is then one partner lead on that, on any project? That is a really good point. So um, it depends on the project. Yeah. Sometimes we... We, we do, depending on the size of the project, we work together like a transformer. They can come together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Which transformer are you? We <laughs> <laughs> don't know too much. I only know the name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and when you combine, you, you play off your best skill sets. Like, yeah. oh, Eddie is really good at this or, you know, Natasha is good at this, let's come together, mm -hmm. or our teams know how to do this, and yeah. their team knows how to do this, and then we come together and we execute the, 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 the project. Yeah. Be because um, the, 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 the last and certainly not the least point that, that, that uh, Forbes made all, that, all many years ago is that the partner must be a proactive member of the group and care about Pentagram and the partners, and we spend our working lives together, we should like each other. But wh when did it hurt? Like, 
<clears throat> are there moments that it's like yeah i mean hard to do this i, I think with what colin was saying also was um you know he was he was given this particular task because he was the one that put up his hand yeah. nobody else did yeah. <laughs> and so no, normally that's the case in point if you're the loudest person in the room at that moment in time about a specific initiative you're doing yeah, initiative, exactly, yeah. no matter what you care the most you care the most yeah. and so it, it normally works itself out yeah after exactly. the conversation or, or constructive conversation that we have uh, about that uh, that particular issue or challenge yeah and also uh, you have a certain uh, size uh, as an independent firm it's it's quite large if you compare it then to the McKinsey's and all that that's of course a, 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 a smaller small, but you, you you had your own agencies uh, uh, or your own agency and then you came into this um, in this team in this family all of a sudden you have these resources for for uh, to support a more sophisticated and varied communication and publication program i can imagine that is also feels uh, just maybe just as empowering as your father say i believe in you all of a sudden there's a, an amplifier for your voice yeah yes um that's a really good phrase to use amplification of of of, of, of my voice um that's what pentagram does exceedingly well uh, and also colin within that essay does talk about that mm -hmm. um, establishing a method of of uh, marketing um of communicating to a larger um, a larger community of designers and mm -hmm. also uh, potential clients and you know the public mm -hmm. about who and what you do. That's very very important to Pentagram, and we do it on an industrial scale. Yeah, um, and um, it has it has really helped um, because when you are a single um, owner of mm -hmm. a small studio that is slowly up and coming and mm -hmm. getting known, you have, you have to wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. And I always take my hat off to those um, designers that can do that. Mm -hmm. And there's a growing um, army of them now. Mm -hmm. But there's also this aspect of loneliness to a certain degree. And mm -hmm. now it's a little better when you can actually Slack or you have a Slack channel with different um, designers that you can talk about, mm -hmm. um, you know, non-design things, very yeah. business-orientated things, and that's that's very nice yeah. and true. But um, but how do you um, really uh, project your work more? And and that's where a larger a larger grouping that family. Yeah, um, that camaraderie that comes together to really help you do that. You know, sometimes when you're um, when you finished a project, um, sometimes we present it to our partners, yeah. and then they have a thought. You know, I know such and such, yeah, yeah. Um, who would love this and will uh, will um, you know publish it in this yeah. magazine or this newspaper or yeah. this particular podcast, you know, yeah. and it's, it's fantastic when you hear that. It's a golden opportunity. Too. Yeah. And of course there's, when you joined, there was already this whole depth to it. There were so many years already. You're like maybe third generation. Yeah. I am uh, third generation. Yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, to be joining that. Um, I, I run a design firm since I was 20. <laughs> I'm 40 now, and uh, um, uh, and I did notice like it's 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 it is very different indeed to do to do it with uh, yeah with with a smaller group, yeah. and uh, um, uh, and I always want to find different ways of talking to other designers and 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 getting inspired and also share that with with the creative community. I found a great system in the end with this podcast, yeah, but um. <laughs> um and I also learn a lot about that because uh, we helped to uh, co-found a journalism platform mm. called uh, The Correspondent, um, uh, which is really a, lo a lot about unbreaking news. So mm. um, um, a lot of uh, news makes us uh, cynical and uh, less informed, very, more divided. Very true. Yeah, and we yeah. find ways to how to better understand the world around us. I, can, I think that's a continuous um, 
yeah, to have continuous conversations to 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 better uh, understand it. Um, I, to be perfectly honest, I'm 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 uh, of course a little jealous. You come in with a, a little red a tote bag that says pentagram uh, in white letters, and, um, and and anyone in the design world, yeah. You, and I know you, after this conversation, you go to the conference. That is a door opener, right? It is right a there. massive door opener. Yeah. Um, my mother. I was in uh, London uh, over a week ago. My mother said, um, I need another pentagram bag. <laughs> oh, cute. Was, yeah, she, uh, she, she put it in a wash and it shrunk. Oh. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's lovely um, to see that my mother, who is in her early 80s, is a fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and she's proud. I think that she's that's a proud. conversation starter for her. Like yeah. that's a way, just what a way. Oh, brown? I can talk about Eddie now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 also quite interesting where you have a, a the term pentagram, which if you know for mystics or um, you know, the sense of devil worship for a Roman Catholic <laughs> <laughs> mother yeah. who's very biased. Yeah. She still doesn't care, and she's proud of that. I mean, it, 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 you know, it doesn't really mean that. Um, if you Google pedagram, you get either yeah, that's the firm, yeah. or you get indeed all we, these pedagram. Like we we these, love yeah. the uh, the play on that. That's yeah. um, it, a, a really fantastic thing. I yeah. know I had a, a, a client that said, "You guys should change your name." What? Oh, okay. And it's like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's yeah. like, pentagram, you know, it's, you know, devil worship. I'm like, <laughs> and I told her about my mom and, and he, then he shut up. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, <clears throat> because it's five parts and the, the five mm-hmm. founders, I think. That's right. right. Yeah, That's yeah. correct. Um, uh, yeah. So this dough bag is like a beautiful, deep, deep red. Almost. Yeah. I don't know. It, to me, it has a, a really, this New York is a feel to it. But, um, Although Pentagram started in London, I think, right? Yeah. It started in London, but always was a US, uh, UK yeah. um, organization. Yeah. Uh, you, you did a book on, uh, on color um, um, called Color Works. Uh, you were asked for the book, I think, right? Why did you say yes? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, I said yes because Michael Barut. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I asked him, like, should I do this book? Yeah. And, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, you go, you, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. It's going to be amazing." Yeah. Right? And so Michael is, uh, you know, he's a designer that can sell snow to Eskimos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay." Um, not thinking that I should do this on my own terms; that yeah. it should be me who yeah. goes to a publisher yeah. to actually write a book, not the other way. Around. Yeah. And um, Michael. Um, wrote a, a, a lovely uh, introduction to yeah. the book uh, on his um, chroma, chromophobia. The fear of color, right? Fear of color. He yeah. only he, likes he, black and white. Uh, yeah, and if you look at his work, that's yeah, exactly, the case, yeah. Right? Um, and he, then he also put that into one of his his um, selections of essays. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to with this book um, do something slightly different. Um, um, and and I should explain what this book is really about um, and who is it for. So it's really about the fundamentals of uh, understanding um, the use of color mm-hmm. within graphic design, uh, and it's really for students and young um, young professionals and also designers that thought that they knew what color was about yeah. and have to rethink. Yeah. And so what I did is, uh, if you look at a lot of um, books on color and graphic design, um, they start off with a lot of different definitions mm-hmm. um, and indications and references. And I said to myself, no, let's have a selection of different essays mm-hmm. um, and also touch points mm-hmm. um, uh, and aids that can allow this uh, these designers to understand what's going on with different designers in well-known designers in um in the community so stefan sagmeister paula share michael barud myself uh, and uh, and many others uh, i interviewed you know michael rock I interviewed them and then i also turned these interviews into um essays 
like they would have written it, mm-hmm. even yeah. though I wrote it yeah. with John. Yeah. And um, I remember Michael Rock saying, that's really weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But it seemed to work. And then what I would do within the essays is that we would indicate at certain points certain definitions mm-hmm. and then you would go and see the definition. Yeah, so yeah. the whole idea of like you're enacting the use of the um the technique. Yeah. But you didn't know what that technique is, so now now you know. And then it also cross references itself throughout the book. So it uh interconnects into other chapters. So it tells you um, you know, Michael's using it here and then Paula's using it in this. So they, they use it very differently. So now you know yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's more interesting than just reading a reference book on cover. Yeah. We are recording this in the, in the Netherlands, so I, I, you can imagine that your, your chapter on uh, the Dutch Gilder really caught my eye, of course. I was really happy to see someone not Dutch, and, and for anyone that doesn't know, like this is a small country. It's, uh, we have uh, 20 million people roughly uh, around the world speaking Dutch. Mm-hmm. And um, before we had the Euro, there was the Ditch Gilder, um, designed by uh, Oche Oxenaar. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful craftsmanship and really understanding the use of color um, and designing, uh, for instance, um, uh, one of the notes with, uh, with a sunflower inspired yes. by Van Gogh. Beautiful. Van Gogh, people say about Van Gogh. And, um, um, and they are, yeah, they're really lovely. Could, could you describe the notes, to describe a note to us? Yeah. In your visual memory. So, um, I, the first time I saw this note, I, mm-hmm. I was uh, living in Utrecht uh, for oh. uh, three or four months. I was going to Hakeu. Uh, Okay, um, so that's the um, it's in central of Holland, and that's like the sort of uh, yeah, um, uh, University of Applied Arts, arts I think. Yeah, 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 and um, uh, and I was you know mesmerized when I got here, um, you know, exchanging money, the money. Yeah, uh, you know, I I, I I don't get me wrong, I, I do like the uh, the pound sterling, but yeah. this was on another level. This late nineties. This is late. Uh, yeah. This is this is uh, mid nineties. Mid nineties. Yeah, okay. and um, and when I, I I saw the the sunflower version, I I, I just blew my t- yeah, my, my yeah. Uh, um, exquisite uh, craftsmanship, um, the um, complexity of uh, of line work, of texture of line yeah. work. And then within that, the um, the um, the spectrum of color yeah. um, and tonality, um, the, the, the different shades, um, was absolutely exquisite, and and it projected the idea that this is uh, that money is is something to be cherished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not just that it's beautiful, um, it's to be cherished and to be respected. Um, <clears throat> and it also projects the, uh, the fundamental idea of what the country is about um, and also on another level, how much of the design culture has integrated into the country yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of the ways to in those days to you know see it um on an international level yeah um as well as stamps yeah and um and i feel as though and these are sort of solitary moments right yeah um that uh, you can also reminisce yeah as well yeah um and it's it's just impeccable yeah what he what he achieved um, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, I really. Um, I, I I I slightly experienced, of course, the 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 the, the, gul, the gilder. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the coin before the euro, and and it was almost like uh, uh, as as a young designer growing up, 
it, when that was interchanged for like one generic euro, mm. it almost felt like a little bit of little bit of self disappeared. Yeah, lost, yeah right? because mm. I, I was always proud to be Dutch, yeah. and like you can see it in the money, like yeah. everyone holds that. Like there would be um, one note would be a, a lighthouse in yeah. purple, cool. really yeah, right. really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, the design museum in London had like mm -hmm. exhibition on That's his right. work. Also, what he did for the for for the public postal service, yeah. um, which uh, as an organization found uh, design so important that they he was the head of the yeah, department right. of a a aesthetic design. Right. They had a aesthetic yeah. design for something for the public. I was yeah. always really yeah. proud of that. So it's also yeah, it's also a bit sad to see it. it is, so it I was is, really happy yeah. to see it in your book. Yeah, no, <laughs> thank that, you for that. that. I mean, no, yeah. it, 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 and I think that's the the, the fact of of, of uh, it's not about oneself. It's to to transcend that and and. Um, uh, allow everybody to experience it um, yeah. uh, and it to be progressive and transformative and and and, and you have done that in Holland um, to a great degree mm. um, which is um, it's just fantastic in the US it's done very differently yeah um, you could say to a certain degree um, Apple has done yeah, a, a lot of that. Um, the, the the work for the public, yeah, <laughs> not so much from exactly, the government. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. but on a, a, a insane profit. Margin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and you know, but America has its issues in regards to um, the comprehension, the under, understanding that nobody yeah. really gets it. Um, um, that the importance of design. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he the um, Oxenar found the colors of a dollar or pound sterling or French franc uh, like that they were so saturated, so uh, like muted. Yeah. muted yeah. yeah. And he yeah. If you if you will see them in the in the gallery, they're like bright orange, bright yeah, green, bright yellow. Really showing from the eighties already. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Love at first sight. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, a question that I uh, ask all my uh, all my guests. Uh, final question: yeah. Is there a design? Uh, yeah, which design you're most grateful for? Yeah, that's a very deep question. <laughs> I think that I'm very grateful for. The idea of, from a from a graphic standpoint, I would say that it is um, that it is, and, and this is going to be very very strange for me, um, but I, I I do a fair amount of this is 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 user experience and UI work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, what? The digital right. interfaces. Because it was a wake-up call for for graphic designers like myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the human-centered approach, um, really understanding, um, you know, humans and our society and, 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 and how how um, graphical elements can really be communicated everywhere and how uh, it has changed the way that we live our lives. Mm -hmm. But it's also been skewed as well, mm -hmm. um, which is we have to be incredibly careful. The power of, of, of what we do is impressive. And, you know, no offense to the likes of, let's say, other design areas such as architecture. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say UI, UX and graphic design integrated all together is far more powerful yeah. than a building. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it can... Um, um, because it interconnects? It or? interconnects, but it changes the way that people do and think. Yeah. Um, and experience the world. Yeah. Um, I know spaces can do that, 
but look inside the space and you'll yeah. find it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, really grateful to be a graphic designer yeah. <laughs> um, in that particular case. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, that's the design of the user experience, so to say. Yeah. Although I personally don't like the word user. So I much. don't like the word user yeah. as well, but hey, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 here. I think we we graphic designers should try to embrace the area, these areas a lot more than yeah. they have. Yeah. Um, I think some of us are exceedingly scared of this, yeah. and um, there is this. We are getting torn. Um, away from the, um, the nucleus of, of it. Yeah. And uh, there is a lot of designers, or you, UX more so than UI designers, that are very ex inexperienced with the elements of, of um, graphic, visual yeah. communications. Um, and I, I feel as though they need to, there needs to be a, a, a better, clearer gelling of yeah. those two things. Yeah, exactly. It's it's um, um, I, I nowadays call it uh, a memberful design, so a meaningful member experience mm -hmm. rather than a user experience. And memberful is a word that I learned in working together with uh, Professor Jay Rosen from uh, New York University, and we did a um, also from the journalism platform, the mm -hmm. correspondent. We did a research project for four years, diving into how can we create something that's meaningful to a to a group. Mm -hmm. Rather than um, also from a, if you would view it from a journalistic point of view, and not to be living from uh, uh, ad dollars, but really um, that all the people that support that kind of journalism chip in, and yeah. that makes it possible. Right. And then he coined the phrase memberful, which I thought was really beautiful, um, because I think that's one of the hardest things to uh, quantify. What it's, is it actual meaningful to a person, mm. to, to yourself? Right. And... Um, yeah, I hope to to bring that more across now, and and and, um, and and what they found in their academic research also applied it more in the work. So mm -hmm. having memorable uh, grow into memorable design, and and we can create things that are are meaningful for for group. And um, yeah, because I believe that through a to a uh, uh, yeah shared a larger purpose, we can have a have a greater collective yeah. impact. Very very similar. <laughs> yeah, ideas. beautiful. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it was a Thank great, you. great pleasure. Thank you so much. It's really, really great to be here. Hi, I'm Brenna Foster, part of the team that works on Memberful Design. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now we want to hear from you. We're researching what makes communities, memberships, and movements so powerful. Or in short, how to better design for belonging. You can help by sharing your own experiences in our first listener survey. Go to memberful.design community or click the link directly in your show notes to complete the survey. It only takes a few minutes to share your wisdom and it's completely anonymous. Even better, we'll share takeaways on a future show. So keep listening and let's learn together. Many thanks from the entire Memberful Design team.